Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, The Power of Christian Prayer, preached September the 16th, 2012. Romans 15, 30 through 33. And we are talking about the power of Christian prayer. The Apostle Paul was a weak man in himself. He was a small man, a weak man with crooked nose and ugly to see. He would not have survived in modern times. He declares of his weaknesses, plural, several times in Second Corinthians 12. But he also said, when I am weak, then I am strong. That is by God's sufficient grace. Because he was weak, he spent much time in prayer. That he may be made strong by the Holy Spirit to do the task of an apostle of Jesus Christ. He also requested prayer from God's saints everywhere. Not prayer to bells of this world. Prayer to false gods is worthless and dangerous. Prayer of true Christians is very powerful. It is prayer to God, the Heavenly Father. In the name of God's only Son, Jesus Christ. In the power of the Holy Spirit. In the will of God as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. Modern Christians in rich countries do not pray much at all. They say... I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. So their prayers are generally very short, two minutes at the most. Formal and not sincere or from the heart. Jesus condemns all such heartless prayers of self-dependent people. So in Romans 15, 30 through 33, St. Paul requests the prayers of the saints in Rome for his dangerous journey to Jerusalem. For him, Jerusalem was the most dangerous place than any other part of the Roman world. In Jerusalem, the unbelieving Jews were waiting to kill him ever since their champion became an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he asked believers in Rome to pray for him as he did many times before. Ephesians 6, we read and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. Or in Colossians chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Friends, we all need prayer. We must need to pray personally and privately as Jesus himself did. He also prayed all night several times in his life. If Jesus prayed, we must also pray. We are weak, but prayer makes us strong. We need to have daily family devotion we need to pray as a family we need to pray as a congregation for divine assistance to worship and to serve God aright so the first point I want to speak to you today prayer is a fight prayer is not easy it is a fight It is a contest. It demands all the powers of your spirit and of your body. It's a war. Paul calls the Roman saints to fight together with him in their prayers, plural. The word is sun agonizomai. To agonize together with me in your prayers. In John 18 verse 36. This word is used in reference to fight, war. Jesus told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. Egonizonto. To prevent my arrest by the Jews. Prayer is a fight. Because though God and his angels and God's saints are for us. The devil and demons. The world and sin in us are against us. Also the weariness of the body. Jesus, remember he said, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Our enemies, especially the devil, oppose us. He does not want us to prevail in prayer. He wants us to be spiritually weak. He wants us all to fall into temptation and sin. Yes, prayer is a wrestling. Jacob wrestled in the night 
A man wrestled with him all night. This man overpowered him. And Jacob fell to the ground, clinging to him. And he cried out, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And God blessed him. Yes, it was God who wrestled with Jacob. God helps only those who acknowledge their weakness and the almightiness of our God. So Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Elijah wrestled in prayer for rain. He kept on praying. There was no cloud. There was no rain. But he persevered until cloud came as well as torrential rain. So we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Verse 44, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So James, the Lord's brother, in his epistle chapter 5, he says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced crops. While his disciples slept, Jesus wrestled in prayer to his father as he faced his own crucifixion. So we read in Luke 22, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, in agonia, the same word, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Without prevailing prayer, we fall into temptation and we make wrong decisions. I ask people, have you prayed? They nonchalantly say they did. But I don't believe it. A sinning Christian is not a praying Christian. He is not a Bible reading Christian. He is not a believing Christian. Epaphras, a fellow minister of St. Paul, wrestled in prayer. Paul heard him praying for hours 
for the church of Colossae. So we are told by Saint Paul. Who witnessed it. In Colossians 4 verse 12. Epaphras who is one of you. And a servant of Christ Jesus. Sends greetings. He is always. Wrestling. In prayer. For you. That you may stand firm. In all the will of God. Mature and fully. Assured. As a child I heard my parents. Wrestling in prayer. For me. In the night. Paul is asking the Roman saints. To wrestle in prayer. With him. And for him. He is asking for. Intercessory prayer. Remember. Abraham interceded. For Sodom. For Lot and his family. Moses interceded for sinning Israel. Job interceded for his friends. And Jesus interceded for the church in his high priestly prayer. So we read in John 17 verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world. But for those you have given me. And verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus Christ is praying for every believer. And we are told our Lord Jesus Christ even now intercedes for each one of us. Romans 8 verse 34, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died more than that. He was raised to life. And what is he doing now? He always lives. Interceding for us. And so we read. In Hebrews 7.25. And also 1 John 2 verse 1. My dear children I write this to you. So that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin. We have one who speaks to the father. In our defense. Jesus the righteous one. Also the Holy Spirit. We are told. Intercedes for us. Romans 8 verse 26. In the same way. The spirit helps us. In our weakness. You do not know what we ought to pray for. But the spirit himself intercedes for us. With groans that words cannot express. Friends prayer is a struggle. It's a fight. It's a contest. It's a wrestling. It is a war. But we shall win because God triune is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And this one has already overcome the world. Does our prayer change God's mind? No. God is unchangeable. He is not a man. Dr. John R.W. Stott says this. The purpose of prayer is emphatically not to bend God's will to ours. 
but rather to align our will to his. Isaiah said, prayer is taking hold of God. So Isaiah 64 verse 7, no one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. A child who has taken hold of his father's hand is totally secure. Friends, prayer is a mighty weapon in our armor. Along with belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the readiness of the gospel, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the word, and finally, prayer. Prayer, friends, is necessary. It's not optional. Prayer is commanded by God. God not only appoints the end, he also appoints the means to the end. And so we must pray. Our Tory, a great pious Christian said, I must pray, pray, pray. I must put all my energy and all my heart into prayer. Whatever else I do, I must pray. Paul prayed continually so he asked the saints in Rome to fight with him and for him in their daily prayers, plural. And also Paul prayed for them in his daily prayers. As we read in Romans 1, 9 and 10. Daniel a statesman, a busy man, prayed three times daily. He prayed though a law prohibited him to pray at all to the God of Israel. Do not say as some do, God does what he ordains, so why pray? I saw such people in the seminary. I didn't see much prayer in the seminary. God ordains the salvation of the elect, but the means also he ordains. That is preaching of the gospel by his ministers. So God directed Paul to go to Philippi. There he was beaten up and put in prison. He prayed at midnight. There was an earthquake followed by great panic. And this happened so that the jailer can be saved by hearing the gospel through St. Paul. So also let us use the means of prayer which God has foreordained for our eternal good. He appeals to the saints in Rome through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit. It is the will of Jesus Christ who accomplished our redemption on the cross that we engage in intercessory prayer. Also, it is the will of the Holy Spirit who applied this redemption to us that we pray for one another. 
It is the Holy Spirit who has outpoured into our hearts God's love in abundance. So we love one another and pray for one another. Friends, the church is a body with many members. When one member suffers, the whole body suffers. So we engage in intercessory prayer. This prayer is addressed to God. Prostonteon. This means God the Father will answer our prayers according to his own will. So Romans 15.30 speaks of all the persons of the Trinity. They all are involved when we pray. Second, he makes three requests. Prayer is asking and receiving. And first request to be delivered from the disobedient in Judea. They are the Jews who rejected the Messiah. They are those who persecuted the believing Jews and killed them and scattered them, imprisoned them and confiscated their properties. Jesus warned his disciples of this truth. John 15, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. In John 16 verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is worshipping God. The Jews, unbelieving Jews, lost their anti-Christian champion to Jesus Christ. He conquered him. St. Paul on the road to Damascus, he is now an apostle of Christ, a battle-scarred veteran of the cross of Christ, These Jews had been trying to kill him for a long time. So we read in Acts chapter 9. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan day and night. They kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. They never gave up this plan to kill him. And they would succeed one day, but not now. They would succeed only when the work is done. We are not to court death. We must always try to preserve life unless death is the only way to glorify Christ. So he asks the saints in Rome to pray that he may be rescued, delivered from these enemies of the gospel. And the truth is their prayer was heard. And we read this in the book of Acts. A mob of unbelieving Jews tried to kill him they failed Acts 21 31 
God rescued him. Jesus assured him in Jerusalem that he would go to Rome to preach the gospel there. Acts 23 verse 11. Jesus rescued him, sir. Jews waited to ambush him. Acts 23 verse 20. They failed. Jesus rescued him. They tried to ambush a second time. Chapter 25 verse 3. They failed. He was rescued. There was a shipwreck. But he was not killed. God rescued him. And 275 others. Acts 27, 23 and 24. Some Roman soldiers tried to kill him. They failed. Acts 27, 42 and 43. He was rescued in answer to our prayer. And finally a viper bit him. On the island of Malta. But he was not killed. Acts 28, 3 through 6. He was rescued. Friends, the intercessory prayer was effectual. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. He has rescued us from such a deadly peril. And he will rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to rescue us as you help us by your prayers. Item number two, the second prayer request that the financial offering to the poor believers in Jerusalem be acceptable to the saints. The conservative Jewish believers in the Messiah Jesus Christ continued to live observing all the customs of the ceremonial law. The majority of these believers did not trust Paul who taught the Gentiles that they are free of this yoke. So Paul had reason to fear that the believing Jews might reject this offering looking upon it as a bribe. In the end, they accepted the money. This diaconal offering to the poor, though they asked for some proof of his orthodoxy, as we read in Acts 21, 17 through 26. And the third request was to come to Rome, that he may come to Rome in joy to be refreshed. By them in the will of God. To come to Rome with joy. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. We rejoice, Paul says, in tribulations also. Jesus said in John 15 verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. Friends, by our union with Jesus Christ, his joy is our joy, his peace is our peace, his life is our life, and his love is our love. And joy, friends, is a fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit who dwells in us. So Christian joy does not depend on circumstances. 
but on Christ who dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. So Peter tells us that true believers even now are filled with inexpressible joy. Paul expressed his desire in 15 verse 29 that he would come to Rome in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. And so he came to Rome not as he anticipated but in the will of God he came to Rome. He came as a prisoner in chains yet in joy and in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. We are to be filled friends with the spirit always especially when we face fiery trials. And this is the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 12. When you are brought before synagogues. Rulers and authorities. Do not worry. About how you will defend yourselves. Or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time. What you should say. Not only that. He wants to come to Rome in the will of God. We are to live by the will of God. This is the meaning of the confession. Jesus is Lord. A Christian says, not my will, but thine be done. He has denied himself to follow Jesus. So we are to know and live by his preceptive will. Revealed in the Holy Scriptures. Man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Given to us in the word of God. As I said sir. A sinning Christian. Is not a praying Christian. A sinning Christian. Is also ignorant Christian. Who refuses to study the Bible. And do what it says. We are also governed by the decretive will of God, not revealed in the Bible, but only in providence. It doesn't tell you in the Bible when you are going to die, whom you are going to marry, what job you are going to get, what university you should go, and so on. Paul did not know whether he would be rescued from the unbelievers whether these saints would accept his offering as a token of the unity that exists among all churches or whether he will come to Rome with joy that only time would tell so we say in God's will Paul himself said so this. Romans 1 verse 10. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last by God's will. The way may be opened for me to come to you. Or his brother James chapter 4 verse 15. Instead you ought to say if it is the Lord's will. We will live and do this or that. Jesus said, when he taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And Jesus also prayed this way. Luke 22 verse 42. Father if you are willing. Take this cup from me. Yet not my will but thine be done. To live not by the will of God. That is to live outside the will of God. Is courting disaster. And finally to come to be refreshed by you. The Greek word is soon anapawo. It is speaking about resting, to be refreshed. Rest after toil. Jesus used this word in Matthew 11 verse 28. Come unto me all you who are weary. I will give you rest. Paul desired for many years to go to Rome and fellowship with God's people there. Friends, fellowship is sweet. Fellowship with God's people is refreshing. It is spiritual rest. It is sheer happiness. So we read the word fellowship first time in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship the writer to the Hebrews says this and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching It is great joy to eat with God's people, to converse with God's people, to worship with God's people, to sing with God's people, to speak of Christ with God's people. Friends, spiritual refreshment and rest come from Christ alone and from Christians. Dr. John Piper says there is a wrestling together and there is a resting together with God's people there is coming a day when we will enjoy the fullness of this refreshment this rest the full rest of our salvation so we read in Revelation 21 and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. And be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Or mourning. Or crying. For the old order of things. Has passed away. And finally. The benediction. The God of peace be with you all. We enjoy rest and refreshment with God's people in Koinonia because the God of peace is with us always. He said so. All authority is given on earth to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And I surely am with you always even unto the end of the ages. 
when the God of peace is with us always, we have peace always. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The three Hebrew children were thrown into a fiery furnace. And we are told God was with them in the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Were not there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Friends, God is with us always, the God of peace. He is in us. We are in him, nothing in all creation. He is able to separate us from our God. Therefore, Paul said, to me to live is Christ and to die is gain there is no peace for the wicked says Isaiah God is the author of peace and God gives peace Jesus Christ achieved this peace by his death on the cross the wicked has no peace because the wrath of God is resting upon him and the wages of sin is death Because of Christ's death on the cross for our sins, believers have peace with God. He has justified us, forgiven all our sins. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. They are justified forever. Not only that, the peace of God fills our souls, a peace that transcends all our understanding. Stephen experienced this peace as he was being stoned to death. So Paul experienced this peace as he walked out to the place of execution. So St. Peter experienced peace too. We read in Acts 12 verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. But he was sleeping sir. That is because of God's peace. Friends. Paul says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Paul says, and the peace of God which transcends all of our understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we have peace with one another too. And we enjoy peace of mind in the midst of fiery trials. We realize that these trials come to us from God for our good. All things must work together for our eternal benefit. So we have peace. So we ask the question, what is this peace? It is a Jewish benediction, Shalom Aleichem. Shalom stands for full salvation. Wholeness, soundness, rest, health, prosperity, well-being, security, eternal life. 
This peace through Christ's atoning death alone is a comprehensive gift. This peace includes all other blessings. Jesus Christ is our peace. Ephesians 2.14 This peace is not available to those outside of Christ. So we are to declare the gospel of peace to sinners. The angels sang the Christmas song. On earth peace to all on whom God's favor rests. And Jesus on the eve of his crucifixion said. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And he said in John 16 verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me. You may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, God of peace. St. Paul uses it six times in his epistle. And another time we read in Hebrews 13 verse 20. God is with us all. That's the benediction. May the God of peace be with you all every individual he is with Jewish believers and Gentile believers he is with the rich and he is with the poor he is with the master and he is with the slave he is with young and he is with the old he is with the strong and he is with the weak he is with us always in life in death and beyond He is our shield and very great reward. He is our good shepherd, chief shepherd and great shepherd. And he cares for us. Therefore no harm will come to us. He is God of peace. And the words, friends, concludes with Amen. So let us all together... Say Amen to what the Apostle has said so far. Amen. Amen and Amen. It is true we are saying. So be it. May God's blessing rest upon you today. And may he give you peace. Always. And may God help you to pray. And pray. And pray.